Have you ever broken a promise or admitted the truth or done something you regret just to fit in, to find a point of belonging for yourself? I have. I have. Well, one thing that came up as I was studying and preparing and thinking about uh, this morning was my junior year of high school. And I had just moved back to the States from Japan, and I was getting ready to play soccer with the team. And they were all gathered at one spot, and I joined them to see what was going on. And they had heard a promise of a kid coming from Japan who was going to uh, right the whole ship of the soccer team and make it so they could compete. And they were looking for a Japanese player who was just going to recreate everything. And I didn't have the heart at that point to say that's not going to happen because I wanted to belong. It only took about a half hour until they realized they had a problem in how they were thinking and they ended up with me. But these kind of things happen throughout our lives where promises are broken because we feel alone. Um, Let's take a young couple who moves in together and the promise of getting married and making that commitment isn't quite there and times become rough. Someone leaves and you're alone. I think of people who are struggling at work and the promise is, oh, you'll have a job, no problem, we promise. And that promise is broken and we're stretched then. As we come into times of disaster, There's a lot of promises that are made by a lot of people around us. And as those promises break, we find ourselves alone and isolated. Brings us to Jeremiah. He knew something about broken promises and what that did to morale and the people around him. And so we jump into Jeremiah 31 this morning to look at what new promises hold for each and every one of us. We're looking at surviving disasters through a renewed covenant, a renewed promise. But before we get to that, we have to know a little bit about what covenants were in antiquity. You see, covenants are a relational thing. They bring people together. Promises bring people together. I don't make a promise to a rock, do I? I make a promise to another person. And so covenants are the same way. They were a bringing together of people, of tribes, of nations, And as we look at the landscape around Israel and into Egypt, we see stones like this that are are set up high. 
They're markers. Something important happened here. Two tribes come together here. And there's something interesting in this photo that teaches us about covenants. Do you see that rectangular rock at the base of the one standing up? It's about three feet long and two and a half wide and stands about the size of my waist. It's an altar. But not just any altar. You see, the cutting of a covenant meant that cutting, they had to cut something that had blood in it. Because if blood is on my hands and blood is on your hands, we're in this together. We're in it together and we're going to see it through. And for a lot of the people, that meant they needed to make a sacrifice to a god who is not a good and gracious god, but a a pagan god. That altar is specifically set up for firstborn children. You understand there is a price for the covenants that were made. And as we look at antiquity and we read the stories in the Bible and we look at the other works of that era, we see that those covenants, more often than not, were broken, shattered, and dismembered. This is what Jeremiah knew about covenants and cutting covenants. As we look at the Bible, we see covenants that God made with his people. And in God's covenant, it was, I'm going to make a promise to you. And I'm going to ask you to do something, to make a commitment to me. In Noah, the promise was, I will never flood the earth again. The commitment, go and multiply and don't give in to your evil ways. Couldn't be done. Abraham, I promise your, uh, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. Just trust me. That's what Abraham had to do. But then Hagar entered the picture. And Moses and the Israelites, obey my commands and all will be well. There's a land flowing of milk and honey. But even as the commands were given, the people of Israel were down at the foot of the mountain worshiping idols, covenants broken. David and his covenant, out of your line will come a Messiah. Just honor me. And then you have bloodshed, murder, adultery coming into the picture. That's why you see that covenants are broken. Jeremiah says, the Lord said this, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land, my covenant that they broke. Broken promises are something we each know something about. We have a hard time keeping promises. Why? Because we, we want to belong and things change for us to want to belong. Jeremiah had something to speak into our lives about a new promise. 
Not the old broken promise. But a new promise that's there for each and every one of us. And it's a tool for us to put in our tool belt as we look at surviving disasters. We do it with these three things in mind. In the new promise, we see a new, renewed, and mended heart. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. This is not just the law that says do this and don't do this. This is the Torah, the story of God. And that story is full of grace. It's a God who looks at the people who had broken his covenant, broken the promises, and a God who cares and loves and forgives them. This story is written on hearts to bring mending, to fill holes. We go and we make promises with people that we can't commit because we have a longing to belong to something. God takes that hole in our hearts and fills it with a belonging. We belong to his family. We see in this promise that Jeremiah talks about also a relationship. That's what promises are for, is to build relationship. So here is God talking about relationship. I will be their God and they shall be my people. This is not a fleeting statement. This is something that is sure and on solid foundation. There's nothing that we can do that shakes God enough that he leaves. That relationship is there. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. The third thing we see that is key to the promises of God. For I will forgive their iniquity and I'll remember their sin no more. In the new promise, we see forgiveness happening for each and every one of us. We can't keep promises. We, we, we just can't. We wish we could. We really want to. We really want to be able to stay true to our word, but so often the world changes or things happen and we've got to go back on it or we just need to negate it. And for those reasons, we need forgiveness in our lives. And Jeremiah uses this text and these statements from God to point us forward to a time where this new promise would be revealed. In just a moment, we'll hear the words of institution as we partake in the Lord's Supper. And in that we see a tangible way of, of God bringing to us this new promise each and every day to mend our hearts, that he wants to be in relationship with us, and that we are forgiven. Hear these words of Jesus. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup 
that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. You see, as Jesus was on the cross, he took all of those broken promises and all of the weight of sin with him in order to bring a new promise, a new covenant for each and every one of us so that we could, desire, we could survive times of disaster not by just trying to chase after whatever we would like, but to survive disaster knowing that his promises are new for us each and every morning, that there is a sure footing for us to stand on. That there is mending of hearts, there is relationship, and there is forgiveness to be had because of the work of Jesus in our lives. And as we survive those disasters that come our way, the question remains, now what? Now what? Now what are we supposed to do with all of this information, with all the tools that are in our tool belt, with this new promise that is ours? Well, God has forgiven us in a way that changes us and it changes our story in a way that we then can go out and forgive those around us. You see, in belonging to the family of God, knowing that we are loved and we are forgiven, means that we can go out into the world as his hands and feet, as his witnesses, to bring that love and forgiveness to the people around us. Now, we, we're not going to get it perfectly. But that's okay. Jesus did. And his promise covers us. No matter what happens. He is that sure foundation for us to stand on. So that we can go out and love and forgive those around us so that they too can survive the disasters that are happening around them. We all know people who need mended hearts. We all know people who need renewed relationships. We all know people who need forgiveness. Could it be that God is working through you to bring that to them because of what Jesus has done for you. This week, my prayer is that as you face disasters that may come, that you would remember that you are loved and that you are forgiven. And the promises of Jesus are for each and every one of you. Amen.